You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. I actually thought it was really quite humorous when Steve asked me to preach this morning because he gave me a topic that he's been talking to me about for the last six months, trying to challenge me. So it must be something they learn in theology college or something, but if you want to challenge your wife on a certain topic of her life, give her the sermon topic to go seek God on and, and challenge her. So, but in this case, it worked. So that's a good thing. So this morning, we're talking about being present. Being fully present is defined as having your full focus, your attention, your thoughts, feelings all fixed on the task at hand. If you're speaking to someone, then your whole energy and focus is all on them. So now you know why it's so humorous that I have the topic of being present. As a mum, I feel like I am never present. I try to talk to someone and then I'm constantly thinking, what is my son doing? Is he screaming? Is he eating all the biscuits from the, the morning tea table? Is he, are the kids chipping out all the water all over the floor? Um, constantly thinking and maybe a little bit anxious about what's been going on over there in my mind. And I look around at society today and I believe that present is one of the hardest things that we find to do. Even when walking through the shopping centre this week, I see so many people distracted on their phones, listening to their earphones, talking while walking, running after their children. And in the midst of the chaos at Rabina Town Centre on a Thursday morning, sometimes you can see the ones and the twos, sitting amongst the chaos, being present with each other. For me, I find it gets to the end of the day And I'm one of these people that after a day of looking after the kids or a day of of working with my profession is always talking to people, I pick up my phone, I sit on the couch and I just scroll. Just scroll, just Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Actually, I'm not really a Twitter fan, but I could be. Um, Grocery catalogues now are all online. Gumtree, what else do I need to purchase? The list can be really endless. And there's no self-control, then you could just go on forever and it gets to 10 o'clock and you're like, oh, sorry, husband, I didn't know you were sitting there beside me. Um, But for you, it might not be your phone. It might be Netflix. It might be Fortnite, eh? maybe, maybe a little bit of games, something just distracting you constantly. Um, It could be TV soaps. Neighbours, home and away, Michael. (laughs) There's loads of things in our society today that distract us. Distract us from being present in relationships. If I was never present with my kids, with my husband, with my friends, how do you think my relationships would be? So God has been taking me on this journey about being present. But aren't we glad it's not my advice I'm going to share with you this morning? But we can go to the very source in understanding Jesus and how he was present here on earth. Oh, yeah. well, let's look at Mark 5, 21 to 43. <clears throat> if you have a Bible, you can flick with me or it is going to be on the screen, but that does look a bit small. So, if you... so through the Gospels in the Bible, 
the authors illustrate to us about Jesus' life while he was here on earth. We can see constantly that Jesus was a really busy guy, performing miracles, challenging the societal norms, healing people. Often what we forget, what we overlook is how he behaved or how he related to people in these busy times. One characteristic that I believe can be seen over and over again is that Jesus made time for people. The woman at the well, the guy in the sycamore tree. So today we're going to look at Mark 5, at a story of one of these, or two people, that Jesus was present with. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realised what power had gone out for him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered, and yet you asked who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came up from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all of this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Noam, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Now, there is a lot in this passage. There is a lot of God's miraculous power and healing. But the thing that stood out to me most about this passage is that Jesus was present. Not just with the crowd, but with the one and the two. Jesus here was walking with a large crowd of followers. Now, this crowd in some commentaries has been known as a crowd that choked or stifled him. So, a large, large crowd. 
and a woman reached out from the crowd and touched his cloak. This woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And in those days, by ceremonial law, bleeding was known to make you unclean. Her touch would have defiled the person that she touched or came into contact with. This woman, stepping out in faith, reached out her hand and touched Jesus' cloak. But the thing that I love about this verse is that Jesus didn't rebuke her. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, I'm actually on another mission at the moment to go heal this other guy, so I'll just keep walking along. But he stopped within the chaos and heard her story, her issues of health. He was present with this woman in the midst of the crowd. I don't know about you, but have you ever been at a, at a soccer game or of like a football game or at the theatre and it's ended and the doors open, everyone gets up from the chairs and walks out? Have you ever tried to stop when you're in a really large crowd and they're all walking in the same direction? No? Nothing, nothing you've ever tried? Don't do it. It can be quite dangerous. But you probably, you'd still be pushed along by the crowd. You're still, you're still in that momentum. The crowd is surrounding you. It's really hard to stop. Jesus here stops within the crowd. He put his current mission behind him of healing the synagogue leader's daughter to be present with this woman. Jesus just didn't shake her off and say, oh, look, that, someone just touched me, but let's just move on with it. But yeah, he stopped. Jesus was showing his love and attention by being present, listening to this woman's story. If we are following the ways of Jesus, should we not in the chaos of our own lives stop to be present with others? Stop within our busy schedules to listen. And listen doesn't always mean responding, but opening up our minds and our ears to hear what's going on in their situation and in their story. There is something so strong about understanding what someone might be going through, not trying to relate or to fix it or to condemn them by saying, oh, I know how you feel. This is what I did in that situation. Because most of the time we don't. We don't need an answer. They don't want a cliche response as Jesus loves you. They just want to be heard. What if we as Christians challenged societal norms and instead led the way as a group of people that didn't listen, I mean, sorry, that listened, (laughs) not judged, but instead just opened our mind to be there and present with people? I came across this really cool poem while I was doing a bit of research as well. Now, I know poems is not normally the illustrations that Steve would use in his sermon, but I love the illustration of a poem and the symbolism of the way that it just explains a situation. Um, So this poem says, judge gently. And it goes, pray don't find fault with the man who limps or stumbles across the road unless you have worn the shoes he wears or struggled beneath his load. There may be tacks in his shoes that hurt though hidden away from view, or the burden he bears placed on your back might cause you to stumble too. Don't sneer at the man who's down today unless you have felt his blow. 
that caused this man his fall or felt the shame that only the fallen know. You may be strong, but still the blows that were his if they were dealt to you in the self-same way at the self-same time might cause you to stagger too. Don't be harsh with a man who sins or pelt him with word or stone unless you are sure, yep, doubly sure, that you have no sins of your own. For you know perhaps if the tempter's voice should whisper as softly to you as it did to him when he went astray, it might cause you to stumble too. I just love the vision that this poem encapsulates that walking within someone else's shoes, listening to them and their story gives us a bigger picture, a bigger perspective of what their life and what they've been through. Now, we're all guilty of not listening at one point or another in our lives. Like we said earlier, we tune others out by watching TV or trying to, to concentrate on reading a magazine or a newspaper. We just don't give others the time of day as we go on with our busy schedules. Forgetting to give the people that God placed in our lives time. So I've got an a awkward young photo of me. Oh, you probably can't see it very well. It's very dark. And I actually start, cut Steve out of this photo. <laughs> because it's not about him this morning. Um, <laughs> but this is young Marin. Now, I was, I was a pretty awkward kid um, in high school as most awkward teenage girls can be. And I went through a really awkward time. I was probably, like Steve broke up with me, um, we started dating when we were like 15, so it was probably one of those first breakup times. Um, my parents were having a really hard time. Um, my sister was all older than me, and I was just like, where am I in this situation? And I never forget this, this message that I got at school one day from one of my youth leaders. And she said, hey, Maren, what are you doing this afternoon? Do you want to come over to my house for dinner? I'll cook you a meal. I was like, sure, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Why not? Like, okay. So I rock up at her house. So she picks me up from school. We drive up to her house and, and I'm just sitting there at her dinner table and she's just saying, hey, what's been going on in your life? What, what are you doing? How, how's school? How's your relationship with Steve? Um, and she was just present. This 20-something-year-old female that had a life of her own. She had her own relationships. She was studying uni. She was working full-time. She had lots of things going on in her life, but still I'll never forget that she made time for me. And she didn't give me advice. She didn't say, oh, that's Steve. I don't know if he's very good. Maybe move on, try somewhere else. She just listened. She just listened and was present. Um, and I guess it's just the challenge that we'll talk about later on, but, but who can we be present and love this morning? So another important point that stood out to me about this verse in Mark is that Jesus didn't discriminate. Out of the two people that Jesus healed and was present with within this um, verse in Mark, one was higher class in society, a synagogue leader. 
someone that was classified as worthy, someone that would have given Jesus much more of a higher status in society. Yet he didn't put her, him in front of her, the female, the woman, the one that was known as unclean because of her bleeding, the one that was impoverished because of all of the money that she spent on doctors. He neither rebukes Jairus for his money and social standing, nor ignores the woman because of her poverty and marginality. Jesus didn't discriminate. How much easier is it for us to spend time with people and listen to people that have the same view as us? Someone that gets what we're we're talking about. Someone that's on the same page, whether it's religion or, or dealing with the same issues that we're dealing with. But how much more of an impact we can have in the lives of somebody else that's not in that same social class or standing. Showing God's love to whoever we come into contact with, whether it be a young teenage boy, an older retired man, the homeless woman, the studying uni student, the hungry jacks worker, the mum, the older businessman, Jesus never discriminated and he set the way for us as Christians to do the same today. Now that's a lot of challenges, that's a lot of hard work but there's a good point. Jesus is love and loves us so we can love too. This is not something that we have to do in our own strength. It says in Philippians 2, Two to seven. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of other in your relationship with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. To be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I love that we follow a Jesus that didn't just sit on his heavenly throne with God and say, oh, look, they can just save themselves. Just keep them going on what they're doing. But we have a God that was present with us here in earth. Jesus came down to be united with us, to be present with us. Jesus was present here on earth, showing us the way to live. Now, I'm no Jesus, but what we learn about Jesus and his love for others and for us, we can't help but be transformed into his likeness. We don't have to love other people out of our own strengths. We don't have to be present with others out of our own strength. But as we spend time with God, tapping into the source of where our love comes from, it can't help 
but overflow into our lives, into our meeting with others, into our being present with others. And I love, I've got a couple of quotes from this, this um, Christian writer that I love by the name of Bob Goff. He writes books about loving people always, in all situations. And he says, Every set of eyes that you look into is someone who is deeply loved and passionately pursued by the God of the universe. If God loves like this, it seems we can't help but know that our calling here on earth is pretty clear. To love others as God would love them. And this is another one of his quotes. You'll be able to spot people who are becoming love because they want to build kingdoms, not castles. They fill their lives with people who don't look like them or act like them or even believe the same thing as them. They treat them with love and respect and are more eager to learn from them than presume that they have something to teach. Are we meeting with people in our lives today? Listening to them, being present with them, not presuming that we have something that we can teach them, but just loving them. John Edwards and Steve, these last couple of weeks, have been talking and and looking at at Jesus through the Gospel of Matthew and, and talking about what it means to be a disciple on mission with Jesus I guess my challenge for you this morning is just to be present with the people that are in your lives today. As we get up from our chairs, even before we get out into our car, everyone we come in contact with, we're able to show Jesus' love to by being present, listening, not discriminating. We can be Jesus here on earth. And the good thing is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to transform our lives, to challenge us, to grow us, to be more like Jesus. So for those that don't know very well, but my job from Monday to Wednesday is to be a social worker and I work within the healthcare system. Every single day that I go to work, I could meet with eight patients in a day at least half of these patients are socially isolated, have no family, no friends, nothing. And these patients could have a new diagnosis, been struggling with pain all of their life, or be celebrating their last days here on earth. Now this is where God has placed me But where has he placed you? Look around this room this morning. Each and every one of us is in a different stage of life. Each and every one of us spends our week doing something totally different than the one that's sitting beside us. Each and every one of us has different people coming into our lives every single day. Now, I believe that God has placed you there for his purpose, to be present with the people in your life to be present with them, to listen to them and show Jesus' love to them. 
what if we stopped in the busyness of our own schedules? Stop trying to fix things, but just instead be still and listened. Stopped only meeting with people to please our own agenda, to give us more status in society, but meet with people that Jesus called us to. The homeless on the side of the road, the drug dealer even down the street, the mother in the grocery shop with her four screaming children, our neighbour who has his music up loud every single morning. These are who Jesus has called us to be present with and to love. 